Hello, and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. I just, you know, forgot that I've been trying to even do the intro to match what we're actually doing. I noticed that. I just, and, uh, I was just You probably saw the immediate disappointment on my face as that happened. It's like, oh, God. Honestly, I was looking at my wave to make sure I wasn't too were. loud, and I didn't notice your face at all. So, you're okay. I, thank you. You're fine. Okay, Cody, so... What have you been up to recently? Now, you know, now that you are technically unemployed, Jordan. Well, okay, I am unemployed right now. It is pretty fun. Um, I built garden boxes. I'm making a oh, three cool. sisters garden. Um, which is where you plant corn, beans, and squash together. And the idea is that the plants provide different nutrients that the other plants need, and also the beans can vine up the corn, and the squash is supposed to provide shade and keep the weeds down. This is the idea. We'll see how it works out first time I'm doing it. Um, I also built a garden that I'm intending to use for watermelon, but might also just turn into the garden that Graham digs in because he likes having a garden box. Um, Other than that, I really haven't been into that much stuff lately. I don't have that much to talk about other than I watched Castlevania, but we're not going to talk about that yet. You told me we're not allowed to talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about that yet because we're going to do a thing about Castlevania later. So I don't have much to say. Castlevania, that's it. And garden boxes. Castlevania and box. Yep. That's about it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, you know what? Uh. I've been getting really into a YouTuber. <laughs> I don't know. Not exactly a YouTuber. She does stuff on YouTube. Um, named Trixie Mattel, who's a drag queen, and she's hilarious. If you ever I've heard of her. Yeah. I don't know she's why, funny. but I've heard of her. She's fairly famous on YouTube. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race and I think lost. Okay, that's probably why I've heard Like, her relatively point. quickly, but was really funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is. Yeah, okay. Okay. So that's it. That's all I got. Oh, okay. shoot. Are we going to do a recommendation? Not today. I literally <sighs> just got in from the airport There's literally an hour ago. I really want to talk to you about. Can I? I'm just going to talk to you about this movie. Okay, real quick. Real quick. You need to go back and rewatch the movie um, Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. It's Eddie Murphy, yes. right? Yes. And then you talked about this last week, I think. But anyways, I, what movie? I, I briefly you mentioned, mentioned Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, but anyways, what movie? That's the movie that you need to watch. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, Is that recommendation? It's. It was gonna be, but now it's not. Just because I want to talk to you about this sooner. You. Here's the thing. He is a good actor. And for yes. some reason, like, Beverly Hills Cop is, like, kind of a comedy, but also not. And he is a good actor who then just kind of never got to do that. Like, yeah. for the rest of... He he should have made the Robin Williams pivot, and he didn't. And I'm disappointed, because he's a good actor. And I, like, is, yeah. fully bought him as a good actor in this movie. And I'm like, man, I want more... You know what other movie he's really good in? And this hmm. is not a joke in... I don't mean this as a joke, but Daddy Daycare is like one of my favorite movies as a kid. I really like I have never seen it, so it's, I don't know. It's just it was like Eddie Murphy and his like family movie stage and just Oh, he did kind of have that for a while. Yeah, yeah, and just being very endearing and just very fun. And the, like the, I, I remember that being a standout because that that was in his like before he got weird again because he went he did like you know kind of like good stuff then he did um like a lot of weird stuff then he did family movie station he did some more weird stuff like norbit and stuff was like very weird yeah yeah well because he can do sincere surprisingly well 
Like, I mean, like, the, this is not a spoiler because it's most of the movie, but, like, most of the movie is about Eddie Murphy trying to figure out, like, who killed his childhood best friend. And, like, he's not a big dramatic actor, you know? But when he's, like, talking about how his friend got killed, you believe it. It's a believable performance because it isn't so, like, Shakespearean giant emotions. He's, like, very calm and just, like, yeah, this happened and it sucks, you know? And it was just like, man, I want more movies with... And I know they made a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop, but I kind of have a feeling... I haven't watched it in a long time, and I'm like, it's probably not going to be as good. Well, but... this is recommendation. I would love to like go back to this, because I, I mean, it's been like forever since I had seen it. I don't you should watch it. I have other stuff that can go in recommendation. Don't uh, worry. It's very weird to like, see him just looking so young. Like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. A, he's a baby in these photos. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's tiny, too. Like, he's so yeah. skinny and little, so you know? Sk- yeah, he, he's he's a tiny baby in these photos. Okay, Cody, because, like, the only reason I'm, like, rushing you is because we both talked about what, like, we're going to talk about before we start the show. And then you were like, no, I have these five other things first. So I'm going to do what you did and pivot and say that um, I watched a movie on my flight home called a Korean film called The Call. And it's like, you know, it's not, it was labeled as horror and scary, but it's more suspense thriller than it is horror or scary. And I will say every Korean um, suspense film I've ever watched, like starts out like decently, like, you know, you think, you think it's going to go one way and then suddenly it left turns and it's like, this is what the movie's actually about. Like even Parasite kind of did that, where it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, we set it up this way and left turn towards the end. It's like ah. <laughs> I have never seen Parasite, but I've heard you really good it's, things. Parasite's really good, but yeah. So this one is um, this girl moves back to her childhood home and she gets a phone call and then realizes it's um actually someone who was um, living in the house 20 years ago and kind of the time rift between the two of them as they like, you know, slowly become friends. And then um, some bad stuff happens. Basically you find out the girl from 20 years ago is being uh, abused by her mom, who's a shaman and thinks that that girl is like possessed or something. And it just gets off the rails rather quickly. Like, like it hits 30 minutes and suddenly left turned. I'm like, wow, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because I just heard it's like, oh, this is scary. Like, it starts out as like, it's really endearing. Like, these two is like finding out the time dilation. And like, the girl from the future is talking to the girl about, like, oh, yeah, it's like, you really like this band. Well, here's their newest album that I like. And like, they share music back and forth. And it's like, starts out really endearing. And then they left turn on me. And I was like, oh, oh, this is not an endearing movie anymore. <laughs> but then the only thing I will say is like, if anybody does listen to this recommendation, and I'll get, I might even put this on the recommendation because I did really like the movie. Um, I will say stop the movie at the credits, like before you go into the credits, because they like do a mid credits after credits scene that completely just changes everything about the ending. It makes it kind of dumb and doesn't really make sense. It just feels like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we'll just throw this in because we can. And so that's, that's my only recommendation with that. So Cody, the other thing I've been doing, the one that we actually want to talk about is the show. So we're going to go on. What was last week? I can't <laughs> tell you? if you're being serious. No, I, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so do you, so I took a deep dive, everybody had been recommending it to me for a solid year. Why, why are you looking at me like that? You just look so sad that we have, you have to talk to me. You like sighed. You're like, no, 
Oh no, it's because I'm tired, Cody. It's not because I'm talking. Here's to this thing, I Cody. Guess. I got off the plane. I drove here. I talked to a friend briefly before show, and then I started the show. Do you That's- remember? Do you remember what I said today? Like twice. Yeah, and you know what I said? I I said I'm fine. Yeah. Well. Okay. So you Cody, can't the hold thing it that against was right, me. The th- I'm not. I'm not. Seems you're the like one who brought right. it up in the first place. I uh-huh. don't care. I'm fine. Anyways, the thing that I took a deep dive in, because everybody had been recommending it to me like before, and for some reason I slept on it because I'm stupid, but I just watched both seasons of Love, Death, and Robots over this week because, you know, I had a lot of time on planes, and they're only like, um, I think the longest episode is 18 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that makes it very consumable because they're all short. But I will say first season of Love, Death, and Robots, I think I loved every single episode except for two. The two that did not, because I think it is similar for me where there were a couple that didn't stick. And I'm going to pull up my list again okay. here. But really, while you do that really quick, for people who don't know, Love, Death, and Robots is basically like a showcase of animation from a bunch of different animation studios where the, like every episode is a completely different story done by either a completely different animation team or a team that's collaborating with another. And it just follows just the themes of love, death, and sometimes robots. And it's just very, very beautiful animation. And it's one of those things where I like, look at this. I look at some of the CG in movies and it's like, they proved that they could have the most top notch CG period. Movies are like, like some of the movies that come out and have bad CGs. Like you're, you're wasting my time at this point because they've proved that they could just knock it out of the water with some of these 3d animated things. Well, and it kills me because it's not, you know, it's like you say top notch, and I totally agree with you. It is, but I think mm-hmm. that people misunderstand what top notch 3D animation is, because I think uh-huh. it's sort of like video games do this too, where they're like, "We want this to be really good graphics, so we just make it photorealistic." And I am like, "What is the actual point of doing that?" <laughs> yeah, it's the difference between photorealistic and then um, like picking a style and sticking to that style and just yeah going balls of the wall with like how some of Having the episodes vision. were just yeah. absolutely stunning and like even i guess animation wise even like one of my favorite episodes wasn't like the like photorealistic that you think when you say good animation like it was just really stylized in every point of the episode. are you talking about zima blue oh no i wasn't but zima blue was really good yeah, it was just like totally stylized. Is, is what I yeah, mean. very. No, what I was talking about is the witness. Is like it was a little bit more top notch. Oh like, yeah, the, yeah, some, yeah. Like the fight scenes in that, like it goes between like a flat graphic, like two D stuff, really flashes of that, based on and then to three D. So like you do yeah. see like when she pulls the gun, you see bang, bang, flash across the screen in almost a two D style, and then it goes back to the three D, and it's so the witness is so good. It kind of reminds me of Spider-Verse a little bit. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Like, Cuz it has those like thoughts. pop freezes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I agree that it's it a lot of them to me had very specific and clear visions for what they wanted to look like. Um and, and I and think they were that all that is interesting stories except yeah. for 3 Robots was the only one that I didn't care about. I didn't like, like 3 Robots very much. I was yeah, kind of indifferent. Dumb. That and then the like the Ice Age one, the, where they have the world in the freezer. Oh I no, I loved them. that one. I, I thought that was like cool, like graphically, like a cool concept. But like I like compared to the others, that's at the bottom of my list. I think the the ones that I didn't like were yogurt. I hated yogurt. 
was really funny. No, it wasn't. I well, hated yogurt. My, why I thought it was funny is because they brought in Ohio as the one that yogurt's like, I'm going to buy Ohio from you. They're like, no. And then yogurt threatens them. It's like, okay, have Ohio. And that hit so hard for me. It's like, I thought um, that was so funny. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that one. And then I think, yeah, I think the rest of them pretty much were varying degrees of I really liked. I think Helping Hand was one that I was not like huge into, but it wasn't bad. Oh, it just but wasn't that was my so favorite. graphically good. That Helping, yeah, helping Hand was the one where she's like in space, right? And then. Yeah, she has to rip her arm off yeah, and throw it to oh. make momentum. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, again, very stylized, very just the whole concept of it was very cool. Um, thrilling again all these i think in a, on a world building standpoint all of these are unique because they build a complete world and they tell a story that they need to tell without being exposition crazy without being whatever crazy in 17 minutes and you understand and can dive into each world each episode every single time in those 17 minutes and you just do a good job building the story without having they do all show no tell and that's yeah they're extremely efficient considering how short of a time they have to because yeah most of them are very 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 short um well and it's funny too like the ones that i liked the best were the most like abstract and weird so like beyond uh no not beyond the aqua rit or aquilia aquila 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 riff i actually kind of didn't like that one i was thinking of fish night i loved fish night was um, really good but also it was one of those things where it ended I was like wait that's the end <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then um what's it called um i don't know i actually I really liked it. lucky 13 and zima blue lucky 13 okay lucky 13 was another top i just I don't know all of them and I might even watch through it again because all of them were so unique and so good. Like even the um Hillbillies versus Aliens, I think. Yeah, that, suits. Um, suits. That one was great. I forgot about that, but Suits like, was like, great. That was <laughs> that world building was so great. And then they zoom out and like show you like again, show not tell. They didn't have to once ever say what was going on, just oh, rifts are happening and these guys are fighting like these hillbillies built their robot suits and are fighting them off. Like that was freaking great. Just yeah, it's all really good. And then the heist one was a I cared about a little less because it felt more video gamey and less. Yeah, it was just kind of it was just kind of yeah, like whatever. It didn't feel like it had it, a lot of weight. It was closer to like the style and the um, storytelling wise of an anime almost. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen that type of anime before, so I like didn't really like. Yeah, you said just said it. It didn't really carry weight with it. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so you said Fish Night. What was the other one stood out to you really hard? Uh, Zima Blue, I loved, and uh, Lucky Thirteen was the one about like the ship that saved all the people's lives. Yeah. yeah, the ship where like oh, when she got it, had always been the only thing that survived in like the crash and stuff. And like people thought it was unlucky, and then through her missions, like she it saves all the lives. And she did like what twenty missions completely yeah. unscathed or whatever. That was a really good one. And again, just builds the world builds the style builds all of it in just 17 minutes and just mind-blowing yeah some of them were even shorter than 17 but i don't know i i just it really stood out to me and it's one of those things where i watched it and it's like how did i sleep on this for over a year because it it fills a lot of the stuff that i like in media 
Like there was melancholy, there was horror, there was sadness, there was there was like Aquila Rift was real like because I started with three robots and then Aquila Rift happened. I was like, okay, this is a show I can get behind. And then I think right after that was another one I didn't really care about. And then I started getting the hits over and over and over again. And yeah, see, like, yeah. that's what we were talking about that, that the watch order apparently shuffles for different people, and I don't think that was happening when I watched it, because like I when I looked up the Wikipedia episode order, that's the episode order that I watched when I watched the show. Yeah, yeah. Know, so Netflix, it actually changes person to person is what it yeah. um, turned out um, to be. But the uh, first one for me was Sunny's Edge, which was brutal oh, and like miserable and like grim, you know, and it's like a fairly grisly one, but it was really excellent. Like, again, like really creative animation, really creative concept and like carried weight because the theming throughout the entire short was really clear and like you could tell they were trying to make a point and did you know what i mean yeah it was like and it was all subtle it wasn't <sighs> just like hit you in the face with it really but it was like oh like this is clever like every little detail lines up to like support a theme yeah um, yeah and they they and i was very impressed by that they did a good job with like in some of these especially sunny's edge with the shock factor of like shocking you but without being gratuitous about it so yeah like, what happens towards the end not gonna spoil of sunny's edge literally i jumped back because i wasn't expecting i thought it was just gonna be like a sex scene and just be over but like they it happens it's shocking i was like oh my gosh and then like you see the left turn and it's like oh oh that's what they were building towards this whole time and like you see yeah. it like it makes sense when you think about the rest of the episodes. Like, oh, it was there the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I know like, what you mean. All, all of it was there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. There's like twists and twists and twists in that one. I should go back and watch that. That's actually, yeah. Like, there's a lot of them that are really good. I might like wait a week and then rewatch the whole thing because like, really it. And then there were some episodes that were just really fun. Like um, the Sucker of Souls, the one where they're like in the yeah. tomb and Dracula's there. That was really fun. Suits was really fun. I liked the yogurt one. I thought that was kind of dumb. I fun. hate it. That's just like exactly not my style for humor. Yeah. I mean, I get it. <laughs> it's just like, I which totally I think that's it, like a I subjective thing. And like, you know, uh, what's it called is very subjective. Like humor is always very subjective. And that one just like is not my humor at all. Actually, for the most part, I think so. Mine, it went like comedy, serious one, like more lighthearted ones. So it went three robots, Aquila Rift, Ice Age, Sunny's Edge, um, Yogurt, Secret War, which was also really, really good. Sucker of Souls, which is more lighthearted for the most part. The Witness, Suits good hunting and so, yeah so it just kept going from like a heavy one and then a little bit more light-hearted one which like is like me as a person <laughs> it's just yeah. like i like the really like heavy stuff but then i do like a little bit of levity in there some sometimes so but yeah i just i really like the show and it's sad that there's nothing else like that anywhere else yeah other than i like, guess it's, season it's, two which i need to watch <laughs> And it's that's kind of what made me sad about season two is it's only eight episodes, which that could possibly be a COVID reason. And yeah, there were, that's like true. there was, I guess, because there was less, there was more that I didn't like. Actually, no, there was only one that I really didn't like because I thought it was boring as heck. But um, <laughs> and when you get to it, I thought Drowned Giant is the one that just didn't click for me. I was like, yeah. Okay, well, I'll keep that name in mind and see what I see. Honestly, you can finish it in like 
what probably a little bit more than an hour or two, a couple yep. hours. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. It was it's a really standout series, and that's like my recommendation to everybody listening is that just straight up. Love, Death, and Robots is some of the best stuff I've watched on Netflix, period. Yep, I, I agree. I agree. I was I remember being fairly blown away by it, yeah. Yeah, like, like because everybody was... I think it's the, the hype factor is what turns me off to a lot of the stuff when everybody's like, watch it, yeah. watch it, this is so great, this is going to be the best thing you've ever seen. And it's like, oh, it's probably not. It's going to disappoint me. I really don't care. Well, And then I actually do watch it. It's like, oh, no, this was one of the best things I've seen on Netflix ever. And it is edgy. And I don't mean oh, that in a bad way. edgy. But an edgy person who's like, it's got violence and sex in it. And it's like, well, yeah, it does. But that's not what makes it good. (laughs) It's the fact that that's all used to a guy who's wearing a shirt that says come sweet death in Japanese on it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm fine with edge. It's just when you get too edgy and everybody's like oh yeah there's sex and there's violence and this and it's like i it's like when you get too you can be too edgy and i thought it was one of those like too edgy shows like i saw the trailer for it i like saw how beautiful the animation could be but i was like i really don't want to watch a thing that's all about sex and violence because you can find that that's a dime a dozen on netflix where you have shows just about sex and violence and it's like i want something unique and it turned out to be just that yeah, yeah. It's like a very mature thing, but it's quality for yeah. that, you know? Yeah, and I thought it was just going to be like how we're starting to see a lot of movies that are just edge and no substance. I thought it was well, going to be that, and I'm and glad you can, it wasn't. You can see that as like, I, I don't know what started it, but kind of like for, I think our age group, probably like Game of Thrones came out when we were 18, right? Or like, I yeah. think I was 17, 18. When Game of yes, Thrones started airing on HBO. Yes. And, you know, that was like, yeah, we have sex and violence in this. And it's like, well, but the reason Game of Thrones was as huge as it was is because that's not all it had, especially not in the early seasons. Oh. Well, there was actually yeah, more I mean, sex and more violence in the earlier seasons, but yeah. it had a lot of substance to it. And that's what hooked people and why. It, but then, you know, anyone who's now deciding what gets funded to be made is like, well, we, we need more shows with sex and violence in them, you know? So like more of these, more of these, and then they just churn out a thousand copies. It, it's trend lines. And I'll speak to this really quick. Then we got to get to the show. Cause I have a long episode. Um, so like just really quick is we, we talk about trend lines a lot in um, like media, where it's like, we, we saw that when game of Thrones came out, we got a lot of more edgy shows. And with the success of game of Thrones, it's like, Oh, edgy sells. And then we saw it kind of with Deadpool happen where it's like, oh, R-rated, super violent in like comedy movies sell. And that's what a lot of movies coming out after that. And they started to, you notice superhero movies in general started to get darker, edgier, and more graphic because of that. And it's just the trend lines that we start to see because of the ones that do, the unique ones, they think that that's the only thing that sells and they don't really understand why game of thrones sold uh, why um dead right. sold and stuff like that they see oh violence sex and comedy perfect let's make a show about that so anyways get off my high horse and um it's time to start the show cody i mean if i always ask you what the last episode was but i'll just do it myself so last time um what had happened is they finally came face to face with the anomaly that was haunting this hospital where um, Nate's mom 
Rachel is staying at. And so what happened is they found these quote-unquote death butterflies, which as far as they can tell, drive people to commit suicide. It pretty much got a hold of Nate's mom, and Nate's mom went to the roof of the hospital to jump, but they caught the butterflies before that happened, and Nate's mom had a grand mosh seizure and passed out. Um, after that, they're pretty much like trying to wrap up the case and like get a hold of what is actually happening um, in order to stop this from happening to anybody else and possibly save Nate's mom. So on this pin ultimate episode, I decided to try to wrap up most of my um, story <laughs> lines, or at least. So there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of inner thoughts in this. And I'm sorry, but it came out to be about seven pages, which is my longest episode yet on this. Sorry, and I'm I like apologize, in, but I'm, I'm going to be talking for quite some time. And also because of moving and stuff, I have not practiced this. So it might be a little rocky at points, and I double apologize for that. So, without um, any further ado, Cody, are you ready for me to hit you? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so, oh, yeah. This is Chapter 9, shortly before the end. <clears throat> I snapped awake to the sound of a young man clearing his throat. I scrambled to sit up and see who was addressing me. In front of me stood a short, young-looking man with a rounded face and thick, curly hair that complemented his dark complexion. He was wearing thick-rimmed glasses over his sharp brown eyes. He looked at me with an anxious but urgent stare, tapping his foot to release some of the built-up tension. "'Are you Daniel Victory?' he asked with a stern, intense tone. "'Yeah, you must be Dr. Christ,' I said back, extending my hand to shake." He did a quick downward shake and let go, running the same hand through his springy curls. Look, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I need answers. People are getting hurt, and I just want this nightmare to end, Dr. Chris said sincerely. And I just want to help end it, sir, I said back. He seemed extremely anxious. I knew that came from being called in during the middle of the night after a patient had a grand mal seizure on the roof just after attempting suicide. That had to be a stressful call. But then again, Dr. Chris was one of our main suspects. If someone was behind the anomaly and it wasn't just acting on its own accord, it had to be one of the doctors or a nurse. The situation screamed angel of death, as if someone at this hospital believed that they were helping the patients by having them die rather than live a life of suffering. And it made sense to suspect Chris. He was new. He could be looking at the situation with hopeless eyes and think the only way to help his patients was to set them free through death. Turning to an anomaly in that situation seemed possible. I can only trust this man enough to get more information. Then, if you want to help Mr. Victory, tell me, what really happened on that roof? Dr. Chris asked with a bitter intensity. I'm sure Nate Benton told you everything, sir, but we woke up in the middle of the night and Rachel was gone. Because of all the reports of root roof jumpings, we raced to the roof to see her in a dazed state. That's when she collapsed and had that seizure and the nurses came up, I said back. I planned to relay only what we had given the nurses and the police. Nothing more, nothing less. My hopes were he would slip up and give me information that he shouldn't know, like in the old crime movies. So she didn't say anything before? Didn't hint at what she was going to do last night? No, sir. None of the nurses came in and said anything. No one else stopped by, Dr. Chris said. 
He seemed like he was about to break down, but he held strong. No, nurses poked their heads in every now and then, but nothing. Like I said, we woke up and she was gone. Then how did the door to the roof get unlocked? We had secured it to help prevent these incidents, Dr. Chris said desperately. Bingo. I knew something was up with the door. I just didn't know what. That pointed to a human suspect amongst the anomaly problem. But he could just be baiting me to see how I reacted. I don't know, doctor. Something weird is going on. All I want to do is is keep Miss Winters safe and support my friend Nate, I said sincerely. Okay, okay. I understand, Mr. Victory. I want the same. I will do my best to keep my patients in this hospital safe. If you notice anything weird going on, please do not hesitate to let me know, okay? Dr. Chris said after a deep breath. I promise, doctor. Is it okay if I see Miss Winters and Nate, I said. He looked at me with calm but sad eyes. Yes, the room is open for visitation. We are keeping a close eye on Miss Winter's condition. If you or Mr. Benton need anything, please let me know. He said, and with that, he turned and left. The second he walked off, my phone buzzed. It was a text from Alistair. When you are with Nate, give me a call. The analysis came back on your anomaly. We need to talk, it said. Great. Never a break from hard work. I went back to Rachel's room to check on Nate, but not before grabbing another coffee. Nate probably needed to pick me up. When I got back to the room, Nate was sitting beside Rachel's bed, cupping her hands in both of theirs while leaning their head down. Rachel was asleep, and I think Nate was trying to rest for a bit before things got crazy again. Hey, you... are you alright? I said quietly, not to wake them up if they were actually asleep. Nate lifted their head and looked at me with tired eyes. Bags were starting to form, and I could see streaks from where they had been crying. Yeah... Yeah, I'm all right, they said as I handed them the coffee. Thanks for the battery. I needed it. How's everything? Is she going to be okay? I said as I pulled up a chair and sat next to them. I I really don't know. They put her to sleep so they could help make her stable again. That seizure really did a number on her, but she's calmed down and she's doing okay. Her health is starting to dip again and no one knows why. I, I think, I think, I think it's the anomaly, Nate said, sounding completely drained. Yeah, we need to get that under control immediately. We will, we always do. You hear back from the lab yet, Nate said. They look dead on the inside, but I had to stay strong for them. Yeah, Alistair texted a bit ago, wanted us to call when we were together. Hopefully it's good news. Okay, let's get to it then. Rachel's asleep, so we can do it right here. I don't want to leave her side again, Nate said, gripping their mother's hand tighter. I gave Alistair a call back and put it on speaker. Always prompt, he answered it on the first ring. Ah, great. Glad you guys are back together again. How is Rachel? Alistair said in his usual light tone. We're good. She is resting, but we got work to do. Hit us with the information, Alistair, Nate said quickly. They weren't going to just wait around and let time pass us by. Okay, I'll get to the point. There are ancient tales about certain insects that act as the guide to the afterlife, sometimes even causing the death themselves to show mercy, Alistair began. Yeah, like the death moss or spirit moss or whatever, right? I said, cutting in. 
But those stories never involve forcing thoughts of suicide on the living, Nate said, confused. That's because we aren't dealing with death moths. As you may have noticed, the things that you saw were more specifically butterflies. Now, these things are much more dangerous than guides to the afterlife. Alistair's tone shifted to be more serious. Death butterflies, huh? I asked. What exactly are these things? Are there more of them, and how can we stop them? Nate said, almost trying to rush to the answer. I honestly don't know where to start with this one, because these death butterflies, as you call them, are a little unique. So I'll just start at any old place. These butterflies are beings of sh a strong desire, and can be classified as a wish. Kind of like that doppelganger you ran into when you first got here, Danny, Alistair said calmly. There we go again. I was stuck in a battle with something that I feared more than anything else. I said my next thoughts out loud. But what maniac will wish for butterflies that cause people to commit suicide? An angel of death, Nate said in a cold, dark tone. Like we talked about yesterday at lunch. If these things are born out of desire, some sort of wish... Could it be possible that someone here has the grand wish of putting the long-term patients out of their misery? Like a dying wish to stop seeing people suffer, but yet they can't do anything about it with their own hands. I can feel a sort of anger rising up in Nate. So you think we may So you think we might have been right? It might have been either Chris or Merritt's desire to set their patients free? I said to Nate, I was concerned they would jump and do something rash but i was there to support them regardless of the next steps yeah we just need to figure out who and stop them nate said coldly sounds like you guys already have a good handle on the situation alistair said in a serious tone but be warned there were three of these things unlike the doppelganger it looks like this wish spreads and whoever is behind it is cultivating these things so that they keep spreading this type of wish seems like it needs to be continuously cared for to grow. So if we find out whoever is cultivating the wish and contain them, the deaf butterflies will die out and everything here will go back to normal, Nate said, staring me down. Yeah, that seems to be the answer currently. So you guys need to track down whoever created this wish anomaly, stop them, even if that means knocking them out and dragging them out of the building. Then, no name will come in, and we will take them to the containment facility and find out what to do with them there. Sounds like a plan to me, I said. Nate, we will stop this from happening, and the cleanup team will help us bring them to justice. I'm sure Alistair is already working on his plan to make this look like a normal angel of death. Right you are. You guys know what to do for now, Alistair said. Yes, sir, Nate and I said together. I'll be by later to check in on you two. I want to make sure everything else is safe and Miss Winters is okay. Is that all right, Nate? Alzer asked calmly. You don't have to. Danny and I got it all covered, okay? Nate said and looked at me with a smile. This might be worse. This might be the worst we've been through, but we are pretty unstoppable together. I don't have to, but I want to. All jokes aside, you guys are one of my favorite teams. I want to make sure I can do everything to support you, Alzer said. Alrighty then, we need to get on to the investigation and we will see you later, I said, moving to hang up the phone. Bye, take care, I said to Alistair. Bye then, he said back cheerily, and I clicked the phone and hung up. Always on the move, huh? Nate said to me, letting out a deep sigh. 
Yeah, but I think we are close to ending this one already, I said back. Just then, a soft knock came at the door. We didn't notice before, but the door had cracked open somewhere within our conversation. The nurse from yesterday, Sarah, stuck her head through the crack. Hey, I... I didn't mean to eavesdrop, she said as she pushed the door further open, but I heard what happened last night. I came here to see if everything was alright, but I... I guess I heard some of what you were talking about, she said hesitantly. That's all right. We are going to need all the help that we can get, Nate said, nodding to me to signal that it was okay. What? What's going on? Sarah said. I'm scared. These things seem like they are getting worse. If you guys weren't here, then Rachel could have... She stopped herself before she finished her sentence and looked at Nate. It's all right. We were here, and for now, everything is stable, I said out of impulse. He's right, but things are getting worse. Look, you are experiencing all of this with us, so I'm not going to just lie to your face like I was trained to do. What we are about to say is absolutely crazy, but you gotta just take it all for face value. We don't have time to fret the details, okay? Nate said in a dead serious tone. Okay. You can tell me anything. I just want to help stop this madness, Sarah replied. Well, I guess I'll start. I went through all of this recently. The world isn't as normal as we thought it was, and there are things we call anomalies that don't necessarily follow the rules that we thought existed. Call them monsters or the supernatural or whatever. These things exist. Nate and I aren't in advertising or whatever they told you they did. We work with a company that helps find these supernatural things and stop them from hurting anyone. The thing causing the suicide is one of these so-called anomalies. Nate and I think that someone brought it to this hospital to act as an angel of death, as slowly and concisely as I could in the moment. Sarah looked like her whole entire world was turned upside down. Nate filled in the blanks that I had left out. They told Sarah about how we suspect Dr. Chris or Merritt of using the anomaly, and how when we woke up last night, we saw the anomaly in our room. I told Sarah how this thing manipulated negative thoughts in order to push someone into self-harm, and Nate brought up how catching the anomaly saved Rachel from her suicide attempt. It was all a lot of information at once, but Sarah stayed silent and attentive through it all, nodding to affirm she was listening. After we finished, she looked up at us and said, This is insane. Absolutely insane. Any other day, I would have just thought you guys were messing with me. But right now, I would do anything to help stop this chaos. So, how can I help? Someone is acting as the angel of death, using the anomaly to stay hidden. But I doubt this staff is full of idiots, so you guys probably took countermeasures after the suicide started, Nate said. But even if you did, someone is still keeping the roof door open. It's probably the easy answer, but do you know if we could get a hold of the security footage? I said to Sarah. I thought about that too this morning, but when I asked the security guy Josh, he said the camera had gone down last night. Something about a short circuit. So whoever it is is one step ahead of us, Nate said frustrated. But they have to keep a log of when the doctors are in or out. It could even be like a keycard type thing, right? I said, trying to calm Nate. Yeah, to get back through the staff side, you need to swipe your badge. I could check the records to see if, see when everyone was in and out. 
Thinking about it, I remember seeing Chris leave last night, but heard someone say something about Dr. Merritt coming back for some reason. But I'm not too sure about that, Sarah said. I don't want to accuse one of them without solid evidence, on the off chance it's the other or they are working together. If we mess up, things get so much worse. We don't know the full extent of the anomaly problem. Sarah, could you try and get that info on the keycard stuff for us? And while you're at it, maybe a list of which doctor is working on which patient? I have a hunch, I said. Good to see we are on the same brainwave, Nate said smugly under the breath. Yeah, sure thing. The second one shouldn't take me too long, but I don't know how long it will take me to get to the card info. I'll bring you back the file on the doctors and patients first, and then I'll let you know when I have something else, Sarah said as she stood up and went to the door. Nate let out a deep breath and sunk down into their chair. Hey, we are on a good path. It's all going to be okay, I said reassuringly. Nate sneered and then gave a weak smile. I know. It's fine. It'll all be over soon. Sarah was back within 20 minutes with all the public information on the patients who had died and the information on who the overseeing doctor was. We scoured through the papers for over an hour to make sure to analyze what we were given properly. We didn't want to jump to conclusion. Turns out, all the patients in question were originally patients of Dr. Merritt who were either transferred to or set to be transferred to Dr. Christ. All of them had been in and out of extended care for years. The ones who Chris was overseeing did seem to have better care, but then the suicides happened. To me, this was a story of jealousy and a mild god complex, something that read along the lines of, if I can't save them, then no one can. My mind reached the conclusion before I was comfortable saying it out loud. Merritt was the angel of death, one who took on the worst cases, and if he couldn't save them, he put them out of their perceived misery. Was he only looking after Rachel because it was an odd case? Was this what he believes was the last resort to care for his patients, or was he an uncaring prick who thought of this as some type of game? I wanted to wait till the key card data confirmed what we were reading in the patient data, but part of me wanted to go after Merritt right now. Nate combed through the papers again and again, as if they couldn't believe what they were reading. I couldn't begin to imagine how hard this all must be on them. To think... The doctor that had been taking care of their mom for years tried to use an anomaly to kill them last night. No matter Merritt's belief, no matter what Merritt's beliefs were, Rachel was still alive and thus worth fighting for. I texted Alistair that we might have found our suspect so he could get agents in to make an arrest and clean up and the cleanup team to close out the job. He quickly responded with a simple, Don't worry, almost there. Backup will come later. It was reassuring to know that things were moving quickly, but I was still worried. Because like Nate said, even if the plans are perfect, things could still go awry. Nate looked up at me with a fire in their eyes. If Sarah confirms what I'm reading here, then I'm going to shove my foot so far up his ass that it comes out his mouth, Nate said in a cold, angered tone. I can't believe that snake. After all this time, this is how it has to go down? Hey, we don't know for sure yet. They could be in on it together. Let's just wait for Nate. Rachel's quiet, fragile voice stopped me before I could get out, get out another word. Rach? Nate said, moving closer. Hey, hey, it's okay. Danny and I are right here. You're okay. What? 
What happened? I feel so... I feel so disconnected, Rachel said in a daze. I don't know how much you remember, but last night you were in... Well, you were in a dark place. You went up to the room to... Well, Danny and I found you. You collapsed and had a grand mal seizure. Doctors got you under control, but your health is starting to dip again, Nate said quietly. Rachel began to cry. I'm so... I'm so sorry. Don't worry about that now. Just get some rest. The doctors are doing everything in their power to make sure you are okay. Are okay. Danny and I will move heaven and earth just to keep you safe and healthy, Nate said sweetly, brushing their fingers through Rachel's hair. I don't know where my head was at, but I'm sorry for everything. I want the chance to make up for how I've treated you. I want the chance to get to know you as an adult and see the person that you've become. I love you, Nate. And I want to be able to fight whatever this is so I can actually be a mother to you, Rachel said tearfully. You will fight this and we will walk through miles of shit together. Dad would have wanted us to try and make family work. I am willing to try again, Mom. I love you, but now's not the time to worry about that. Now's the time to rest. Let Danny, me, and the doctors worry about all the other details. Okay, Rachel said drowsily and closed her eyes and began to fall back asleep. Seemed like she only broke out of the drug-induced sleep to talk to Nate. Within seconds, she was under again. Nate stood up tall, fire still blazing in their eyes. I know it's a safer option to wait and get confirmation from Sarah, but I'm ready to fight. Who the hell does he think he is? Nate said. For no name, I needed to keep things under control and not draw much attention. But for Nate, I kind of just wanted to let them go wild. It was getting hard to balance the professional and the personal feelings. I know it's not my place to say this, but we really should wait for word from Sarah, I said trying to call Nate. That's great and all, but she's been gone for hours, they said exasperated. Yeah, but the speed hacking in movies is complete crap. These things take time. She might have, tr she might have had trouble pulling up all the car data. Plus, maybe they are back checking the bring, bring. I was cut off by Nate's shrill ringtone. They gave a concerned look and put the phone on speaker. Hey, everything okay, Sarah? Nate asked. I think I fucked up. I think I fucked up bad, Sarah said in a panicked voice. What happened? I called out. I had to take Merritt's spare keycard out of his office for the check. But when I snuck back in to put it back, he saw me coming out. He has been the one coming in and out before the suicides and also the one leaving the door open at night. I think he knows what I was doing there. I'm coming back to you, but I'm scared he's... Oh, shit! She said, and the call went completely silent. Sarah! Nate screamed out. We have to help her now. Before we could act, an ear-splitting scream came from the hallway. Then another, and another. The air from outside of the room quickly filled with the screams and a cacophony of voices as if hundreds of people were gathered right outside of our door. The sound became so loud and so unbearable that it was hard to even think. I felt a great weight pulled down on me, and I ran to the door. Flinging, the door. flinging open the door, I found myself staring at a glowing blue hell. The hallway was filled with thousands, maybe millions of those blue death butterflies. They swarmed and circled everything in sight, and their presence brought a tsunami of negative emotions that pulled my brain into a panic. I tried to clear my thoughts, focus on a way of fixing the issue at hand, but I felt scrambled. I felt lost. Nate looked at me 
wide-eyed, and then back to the hallway. This, this is the end. And that is actually the end of my part, so. (laughs) (sighs) You wrote a much longer end (laughs) than I wrote. My end is very short. Um, which like I mean, by, by end, I hope you mean that we have one episode left, Cody. I do. It's just like okay. I said, my last episode is like the this Epilogue. is like, like the yeah. close up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some fun stuff in it, but it's not going to be like. Uh, but okay, because you kept saying like the end, and I thought you meant that you finished out the whole. No, thing no, no, no. Like, oh God. No, I really liked your. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor this because we're already over on time. Yeah. But, um. I think again, you're still just better at writing description than me, which comes through. You you just Uh-oh. write much more vivid, like, thank you, both action That's... and thought than I do. Thank you. That means a lot, especially coming from you. That means a lot. Like uh, I respect what you say, so thank you. Um, but anyways, I'm gonna jump yeah. right into mine. Um, so last time Amy had like some flashbacks to previous family members after she touched a dagger in a book. Um, yep. so we're just gonna get right into it the one note you don't have I, to rush huh you don't uh, have to rush i'm not gonna rush once i start reading i want to rush so i have time right. to read um but one note i want to make is there's like some time skip stuff in this episode so just like i don't want to indicate it but if i like take a long pause understand that there's been a break in time and okay. that the long pause is meant to indicate that because just going like one hour later is like kind of jarring in the middle of a story. So, anyways, uh, okay, I have to grab this, pop it up here, and decide what kind of music I want to listen to. Sorry, I'm just scrolling back up to the top of my. No, take your time. Not as long you. as yours, but still not short. Huh. When my mind finally stopped reeling, I was floating in pitch blackness. It still stank in the cave, but now I could also hear a faint creaking sound and labored breathing. I jumped, startled by the change, and realized I was hanging from a rope that had been dropped down the hole I had just fallen through. My hands and feet were dangling, and I yelled and scrambled for something to grab onto before I realized I had been roped to some kind of harness. Old Lester was sweating and breathing hard as he used some combination of ropes and knots to slide us both back up the rope that had been dropped down. Easy now, Miss Amy. Lester, what are you doing? You could have fallen or well, gotten killed by a monster. or You could have drowned, Miss Amy. Just relax. We're almost done. We were not. That was a lie, and we both knew it. <laughs> he must have hooked the rope to some beam that ran on the ceiling or on the floor or something, and there was no way that was solid. As we creeped up slowly, I could hear the creaks and pops of shifting of the shifting and softening wood. My pulse raced as I hoped the line didn't break or the anchor give way. What happened down there? What do you mean? Well, we could see a little. You touched something and fell in the water. I got down as quick as I could, worried you might drown in that... Worried you might drown if you fainted in the water. Glad to hear you talk. I don't know, Lester. Or, well, I guess I do know. I know too much now. This place and my family... We did something terrible, and I think I have too, now that I touched that book. What book? Uh... Well, it's a book of witches, a book that holds all knowledge of life, death, 
truth and the arcane. It was stabbed by death's dagger and held by my family, making all in our line masters of the dead and holders of all arcane knowledge. Essentially, gods of death and knowledge. Or at least that's how my forebears like to talk about us. Which is now us, because I've touched the dagger in the book. And you learned all that while you were down in the water. Yeah, it's just haunted house stuff. You know, Lester. Right. Right. We finally got up to the light of the broken floor. Milo reached down and pulled me up as Lester finished rappelling up the rope. Sure enough, he had hammer drilled some sort of massive hook into the rock to hitch the rope to. Lester was now swinging back and forth, and right as he dropped himself back onto the warped and rotted floor, the hook in the ceiling cracked and snapped loose, falling back into the cave with a soft splash. I hugged Milo, so happy to be out of the hole, and happy my friends had not just left me, and happy I even had friends. Given my current knowledge of my family history, I can now appreciate that my friends did not push me down a flight of stairs, but rather they risked a great deal to come and save me. I hugged Lester as well, and then looked around for Mary. I had almost completely forgotten the I had almost completely forgotten that we had kind of been fighting before. That seemed so much less relevant now. As I looked around, something nagged in my mind, a memory that wanted to present itself. I ignored it, and finally saw her. She was facing the wall and not looking at me. Her arms were folded, and she looked hunched. She just stood there shaking. Mary, Mary, hey, look, I'm sorry. I know we were kind of fighting before. I'm just so glad you didn't leave me. I took a step forward. Stay back, Amy. What? I said stay back. Mary, what's gotten into you? You were the one screaming that we had to get out of- that we had to get her out of there before it was too late, said Milo. You nearly jumped in after her. She touched the book and the dagger. So, what does that mean? How do you know about the book and the dagger, Mary? The memory nagged again. I could feel the temptation to let it run through my mind like a movie, but I pushed it back. Mary? Why didn't you want me to come down here? And how do you know about the book and the dagger? I... I've never lied to you, Amy. You just didn't ask the right questions. Her back was still to me, but I could see her tighten her grip around her torso. What does that mean? I think Milo knows. His father does. The Order does. How could he have never told you, Milo? I have no idea what you mean. You never thought it was odd how your father treated me like I was somehow less than human, like an ill-behaved oh. pet? He acts that way to a lot of people. What does that Mary turn... Sorry, what does that matter? Mary, turn around so I can see you. I know you worked for my uncle, and yes, he was a creep, but that doesn't have anything to... But that doesn't mean anything about you. It means everything. You never asked, and I... I couldn't just say it after a while, and then I thought you would figure it out as your powers grew, and now... I reached out and took Mary's shoulder. She was standing in a shadowy corner. The darkness seemed to be half obscuring her. I turned her around to face me. When I saw her eyes, I shrieked and fell back on the ground. Her eyes were black, and a ghostly darkness emanated from her. She was a ghost. This whole time, my only friend was dead. The memory I had been holding off came crashing back. My uncle was in his lab. Miles was there as well as other members of the Order. They looked on as my uncle pulled a spirit from the realm of the dead and forced it back into the living. To the onlookers, my uncle seemed to just be conducting an invisible orchestra. 
But to my eyes, I could see him struggling with the re- with the reality of death itself, unmaking nature and finally defeating mortality as he summoned a woman back from the dead. Mary came back to life, breathing hard, still dressed in the clothes from the 1920s. She looked terrified and paled. She was born again in a dirty room full of strangers in the dark into a decade of servitude to a man who into a decade of servitude to a man that could will her away just as soon as he willed her into being. Mary was trapped. I scrambled backwards across the floor, my mouth hanging open, fear lancing through me. I was just like my uncle. My only friends were the dead. Lester and Milo were clearly confused as they watched me scrabble away. Amy, what's wrong? Miss Amy, calm down. There's nothing can hurt you here anymore. They couldn't see what they couldn't see and I couldn't tell them. I just ran. I ran across the room and back up the stairs. I kept running into the basement where now not only were there hordes of statues, but also now quite solid people standing around with all black eyes. They stared at me and nodded as if in approval. I ran out of the basement and back into the foyer and my heart dropped. The whole house was full of the dead. Walking around the balcony upstairs, sitting in the dining room, milling around the benches and even in the kitchen. I had created a bed and breakfast for the dead. Even though I had tried to avoid it, even though I had tried to make the house my own, I could not change the facts of who I was. So I ran. I ran out of the house and across the ground. Hours later, I was in Mary's little cottage. It was the only place I could find that was not full of dead people all staring at me with evil grins. This gave me time to think and to remember many lifetimes of memories that I now had access to. It also gave me time to plan. The door creaked open and Mary walked in, still glowing a shadowy black and still with void eyes. She saw me and hesitated. I... I can leave, we just wanted to make sure that you were okay, and this was the only place I hadn't looked. No, no, that that's fine. I needed time. Did you tell... Did I tell Lester and Milo that I'm some kind of abomination pulled from hell by your uncle? Well, I was going to say permanently corporeal apparition, but yes. Yes, they know. I don't think Milo was surprised. He was deciding to ignore it for a long time. Lester just said... Huh. (laughs) Yeah, that's Lester. You being a ghost is not all you didn't tell me, huh? Well, I'm not exactly sure what you mean. I mean, the house is haunted. We've known that for months. I thought my uncle and maybe some of the order people, but Mary, the house is full of dead people. Not just cultists, there are tons. You used to haunt this place, didn't you? Honestly, I don't remember exactly. I don't remember right anymore. I I remember snatches of my previous life, and I have impressions of the house like it's familiar, so I guess that must be the case. I think my uncle did the same thing to himself that he did to you. Yeah, well, I guessed that as well. So what do we do now? I've been thinking about that. And... Oh, sorry. I've been thinking about just that while I sat here and waited. I think we have to face him. And we have to kill my uncle again. I don't want to die again, Amy. And I I don't want to leave. But what brought me here is not right, and it shouldn't happen again. And I agree with you. We need to stop him. Also, Mary, there is one other thing that I haven't told you. 
Mary, Lester, Milo, and I stood outside the door to my uncle's room. The carved wood seemed impenetrable, but the heavy carved doors had never met Lester, who had brought a few toys with him from his van. He had given Milo an axe and a sledgehammer. Meanwhile, Lester was carrying some massive tool that he said was used for cutting through cement. Mary carried a bottle of gasoline and a lighter. Lester hefted the tool and started cutting. Sparks and smoke and, sh- smoke and shadows poured from the room, along with a vile stench. Finally, the door had been cut in half and still panting, Lester slammed a booted foot through the door and we all rushed in. I, I don't know what I was expecting. But what I saw was a rotting corpse wearing a fine jacket, a monocle, a top hat, and with a cane sitting at a desk writing on old parchment. The fountain pen had long run dry, and his decaying hands were leaving dark stains on the paper. How rude of you to enter without knocking. The culture of this place has surely gone downhill. A shame I will need to speak with Miles about changing the locks. So much work still to be done. Uncle, you are being evicted. Ah, yes, I guess this will need to be dealt with. He set down his pen, took out his monocle that had sunken into into his eyeless rotting skull. Amy, it is a pleasure to meet you. I am your Uncle Howard, and yeah, yeah, I know. But it's time for you to go back to whatever hell you came from. We both know that is not what waits beyond, Amy. Don't talk like these fools. Death is but a door for which we both now hold the key. But will you kindly, but will you kindly, but will you kindly leave my home at once? Mary, fry him. Mary, 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 my dear servant, let's talk about that. You do not wish to die. I know this. I gave you a second life. And a much better life, Mary. Now, what do you think will happen if you destroy this house? Burn me and most of the building fine, but if the book and the dagger go, Mary, that will be it for you. You'll die with the house, Mary. Amy knows it, too. Maybe she just doesn't care, or maybe she just didn't want to tell you. But now, all of you, get out! Howard roars, his rotting flesh tearing. A shadowy force throws us all from the room. The shadows boil and wind rushes from my uncle's room. Wood moans and creaks as the house seems like it might come apart. Mary, do it now! Mary looks at me. I can see the fear in her eyes. She knows what my uncle said is true. But I can see the trust there as well. I learned from my family's mistakes. And she knows that as well. She throws the wine bottle. It rotates in the air as if in slow motion before smashing on my uncle's desk, showering him in gasoline. There's a moment of delay before the fire catches and my uncle bursts into flames, screaming as the house shakes and rattles. Lester and Milo rush back into the room with axes and hammers and start clubbing at the falling at the flailing zombie body of Howard. Moments later, the shadows split open to a void and my uncle is pulled from the world back to whatever comes at back to whatever comes next mary milo and lester turn around and stare as to their eyes i look as though i am conducting an invisible orchestra but for me i am simply replaying the exact steps my uncle took to summon mary only backwards to cast him back into the void meanwhile lester is rushing around trying to put out the fires just like we had planned uh earlier in mary's cottage mary there's something I have not told you. 
The easiest way to stop my uncle, to stop all of this, will be to burn the book. That would break the curse on your family, right? Yes, it would. And it would mm. stop this house from being haunted, and it would kill my uncle. And I would stop seeing the dead. And knowing everything. I understand. You have to do it, and if it's the only way, I can't blame you. I died once, and it's only... Eh, it's what my uncle thinks I'm going to do. But the thing is, we're partners, right? This bed and breakfast Aww. is half yours. So I think it only makes sense that we serve the dead, too. They might not pull a lot of revenue, but why not? You want to make a bed and breakfast for the dead. You know, I think it's what I've always been meant to do. I mean, if you still want to, that is. Mary laughs. Well, what do we do about your uncle? What we do with any unpaying tenant, we evict them. And that is the end of chapter nine. I love it. Did you follow that time <laughs> jump where it like it ended with her saying like, Mary, there's something I haven't told you. They go and she uses her powers to throw him back into the void. And then it jumps back in time to where she tells Mary that what she hadn't told her was that if she burns the book, it'll wreck. Does that make sense? That time jump that happened. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the time jump, but now that you say it out loud, that makes the idea sense. here was that it was like burning the book would kill Mary. So it was going to yeah. be like a thing where you didn't know that Amy had told Mary that, and that they had come up with another plan, which was, you know, yeah doing the thing oh, where they make an undead I, bed I, breakfast I see what you're saying. yeah i you, you just like hit me with like a load of endearing and you know how much i like things like i love melancholy like you know i like sadness i like things that hurt but i also like things that are extremely endearing and that was extremely endearing well like my plan for this was always like okay so the way back when i was like okay i want to do a haunted house but i don't know what i want to do the thing that mm -hmm like stuck in my mind is like oh that's it it's gonna be an undead bed and breakfast so the whole story was like getting to the idea of undead bed and breakfast where she her business partner is a ghost and they run a bed and breakfast where the rooms are filled with both ghosts and live people you know and like so that's the that was the you know the end goal okay which you oh, guessed oh, that oh, mary oh. was dead like right away and i had to like downplay it because that was supposed to be a twist Oh, yeah, I did, uh, like, the very first episode, because, like, the way that you described her, like, it sounded like she was dead. I remember, you're like, no, that's not the case. And, like, right. I had mean, completely forgotten that I guessed that, like, within the first, like, <laughs> first meeting of her. Well, and there's, like, oh, you know, shoot, it's, like, great. if this was a longer story and I was writing, like, that a, a full-length novel, there would have been a lot of other, like, low-key hints. Like, not just that she's mm. spoken, like, a transatlantic, a transatlantic accent and dressed like she was from the 20s, but also it was going to be a thing where she never left the house. So, like, Amy was going to go back to town and talk to people, and Mary would just never be around, and no one from town knew about her. The only people that knew her were miles and milo and miles treated her like dirt for some reason even though he was like generally kind of friendly and and i think that's why i like initially said that i thought she was dead because like she was there just immediately yeah. there when amy got there d 
didn't have a reason, didn't like show up. She was just there. And that's like what I, right. like, that's why I said, oh, she's dead. Is it? she is probably around what I said. It's like, cause she was just there and that just seemed like something you would do. And it's and like, and it, I don't know. Like I like stuff the, and I like the about, twist where like getting remembered again. So yeah, it's, it's nice. And there's like weird stuff you think about, like she, wh- where's her room. She never says she lives anywhere. She doesn't have any other friends, you know? So it was like, I wanted that to be like more little subtle hints, but it was a short story and Amy never went back to town. So it's like, well, eh, I guess not. Cause I was thinking about her, not her like disappearing anytime someone came over to the house, but I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Cause then it's like way too clear. And I like yeah, the but idea. I also liked her as part of the team. I yeah. Like, I like it's like team Amy and like Lester, my, Milo, Milo, Miles. the Miles. most underwritten and useless Miles. character in this story, who I shouldn't have put in there at all. He's been used, but yeah, Lester, Lester um, it just all of them together was like a, a great team, and I'm excited to see what your like epilogue, like kind of wrap up is. So, is your next chapter going to be like pretty short, or not necessarily? There's a few loose ends okay. that I want to like deal with, and it's supposed to kind of be like the fun chapter where they're all just like hanging around the now functioning bed and breakfast, you know. Yeah, so mine's going to be a wrap-up of the arc, and then we're going to do, like, a quick flash-forward is what I plan to do next week. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm excited to end it. I've known how this, well, has this was going to end for a while, but, like, th- there, so there was two endings. One where, like, the butterfly thing ended, like, shortly after the um the rooftop scene. Like, they catch I'm it surprised then, like, it, it hasn't already ended. There. Like, I kind of was like, oh, this is going to wrap up, and then it didn't. I was like, oh. Okay. Oh no, not, no, not the bad way. It's I'm, just not I'm going, with, you know, my head. going all the way home, and so this was gonna be like the big, big hit before the slam dunk. So we're gonna kind of how we saw Lambert like set up with you getting chased by the, um, um, the time race. It's kind of like that we set up, and then it's gonna like finish out the end. I wanted to, I wanted to end it on like that cliffhanger of like, oh, they open the door, and yeah. the hallway is filled with the blue butterflies, and they're like, oh, oh, this is this is real bad. And that, that's where that's where I wanted to go with it. But yeah, so like there was two endings. Like originally I thought it's like, yeah, just ending shortly after the rooftop scene. And then they find out it was whoever. Well, I guess it is now clear that it was Dr. Merritt. And then they like arrest him. But then I wanted to do is like, oh, no, they kind of botched that. And then things go really bad before they go really well. Yeah, so, no, that makes I'm, sense. I'm, I'm excited to close out on it. I'm excited for both stories. Your story's great. And yeah, 10... 10 episodes on this has been really fun yeah it has i'm glad that we got to do a little bit more it's gonna be weird going back to worlds i know i know right it's gonna kind of be easier honestly worlds are definitely easier than writing short stories but i do really enjoy this oh yeah no this is a lot easier than writing a short story every week sorry than writing a world every week having like one vision rather than coming up with a new vision every week well it's like it's easy with worlds because you can just like totally tank one and it's like well put that in the pile of bad worlds there's a few in there and then next week it's like but it's like if you tank a chapter it's like well now the story is screwed up and i'm i gotta keep writing though (laughs) like if i do something wrong like underwrite milo to the point where he should have not been in the story um, I think you're fine on that one, man. I, I think just, you're fine. Milo and Mary should have been combined into a character named Mary, and it would have been a better story. Not Marlo? No, it just or should Margo. have been Mary. Ooh, Margo would have been good. 
and, and Miles should have just been a weird old lawyer without a son. I just like when I started the story, I had a different idea of what was going to happen, and it did well, not play out I the mean, way I thought I think, it was going to. I really like, think that you're fine, Cody. I think you're overthinking it. Um, I will say one of your original ideas was like with like a what six to ten character cast of all people talking throughout it, and now that you're like, oh yeah, I kind of made a character and wasted him. It's like. I wonder how that would have gone. Well, but this one wasn't, like, <laughs> the point of that one was, like, basically to be, like, a play. Like, it was, like, there was not a story. Like, this one had far more of, like, a main character and a plot, and, like, I knew yeah. what it was going to be. Um, I think we talked about this briefly last time, but originally there was, like, an idea in my head that, like, it was going to kind of be a romance story between Milo and Amy. And then that just did not play out because there was not enough time yeah. to write scenes with Milo and Amy and also establish a friendship between Amy and Mary. So it was just like, well, <laughs> um, I would rather spend the time to have it like be a bomb that drops when you find out Mary is dead rather than have Milo and Amy kiss a bunch. So, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I like what I like what you want. Yeah is the sentence i was trying to say but yeah no i i, I think you're doing a good job and i think yeah I, th I think this was a very good series and yeah don't really have much more to say about it. i think this is a good idea to do i would love to do this again like further down the line maybe with even more chapters definitely definitely <laughs> like like seeing that we can manage two longer stories seeing like just keep pushing the limit <laughs> Until we have a whole separate story podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to get there someday. Well, we can talk about this, like, not We'll talk about it later. But yeah, the, the length yeah. is is an interesting question to me, because this was not bad, but I also can feel, like, the desire for something longer, but then there's also a downside to that, because now we're talking about, like, 20 weeks, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's, the, the, that's like, half a, that's a half a year of episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's close like so and, i mean if people are gonna be oh jordan your mouth's wrong that's not half a year yeah but with breaks and stuff that we have in between that's about half yeah a year for us. right anyway sorry i just wanted anybody who's gonna tell me my math was wrong i just wanted to address that so cody what are some plugs wandering gamer network youtube podcast sometimes on twitch yes yes please check out the wandering gamer network and i think we're gonna be doing something with that next week right are we gonna do that on the wandering gamer network or are we just gonna do that on ours? i mean if i'm coming if i'm if I'm coming over to you, I would probably just do it on Wandering Gamer rather than oh. setting up the world shop to do on your computer. That's fine. Yeah. We could we could talk about this all fair. We might do a live show. That's the point. Yeah. What what I'm trying to say is we're probably going to do a live show of us <laughs> maybe playing a game and talking about a show, but that's not going to be the story episode. Yeah. The live show is going to be different from story episode. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be a separate thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. My plugs, you can check me out. Um, I am moving, so a lot of stuff will be on hold, but you can always look at old episodes and old stuff. But first, you can check me out on Side Characters Podcast, um, same place that you find all this. We talk about diversity in our culture. Then you can check me out at We Belong, where I talk about anime on Wednesdays with my dear friend Will. Then you can check me out um, hanging out on Trendstream at Floem, P-H-L-O-O-E-M, where we do chaos fiction theater and read... Um, a bunch of horrible fan fictions. Right now, we're reading a really bad Pokemon one. It is some of the worst, but also the funniest stuff I've read in a while since we did the Immortal and the um, the Death Note one. So, anywho, enjoy those, and I think that's all I got. 
So we will catch you. No, I'm going to do it again because screw you, Cody. We'll catch you where? On the flip side. Bye. Bye.